Welcome to the New Vine Lakes podcast. As you listen to this week's message, we pray that your faith truly does come alive in Jesus. So I'm preaching on first love. Um, Not first love with your husband or wife, but first love with Jesus. And the reason I'm preaching on this is because it's actually been a struggle for me since coming back to Australia. Um, In Ethiopia, I needed Jesus every day. We were making decisions that couldn't be possible unless God's presence was with us uh, for our finances, for our safety, for our uh, leadership. In in these day-to-day life things, I felt drenched in the presence of God. I lived on the Wyoming base. Our family lived on the Wyoming base. And so we grew up in a place of worship and prayer. It was quite normal for somebody to have a dream uh, that was so clearly from heaven and for that to change heaven and earth, you know. I, I just remember I was sharing with Grant and Lonnie yesterday. I remember one time going down to our lounge room, Surafel, one of our staff, had said, I just had a dream, we need to pray for the Prime Minister. So I say, okay, cancel, you know, the morning routine, let's jump into that prayer, let's be obedient to God. As we get into prayer, there's this deep conviction, like, we need to pray for the Prime Minister. The next day, there was an attack on his life, but he survived, but eight others died, and... And, and I've just kind of seen that thing again and again where it felt like we were next to Jesus. And it's not because we were amazing or anything, but it was just I felt like I was hearing sometimes the whisper of God, the heartbeat of God, and I just would wake up often having dreams, wake up um, <clears throat> with a clarity from hearing from God. And then God said to me, and God said to us as a family, come back to Australia. And I was like, that wasn't Jesus. <laughs> Okay, I didn't say it that clearly, but I was like, let's be really busy so we don't hear that. But it, okay, I wasn't that disobedient, but I just was like, no, God. Because I didn't want to lose that position of intimacy with Jesus. And I didn't, I felt like God, I'd given my life to that position of seeing God's dreams come for Ethiopia. And I hadn't had anything left in the bank. I didn't have any other dreams. I didn't have any finances saved. I didn't have any other ambition. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I'd said yes to with every part of me. And then God said, go home. I was like, what? What? I can't do that. Anyway, I obeyed Jesus. We came back. And um, it's been hard. Mesfin's doing great. He's working. He's amazing, connecting, seeing lots of fruit in his life. And I'm seeing fruit in my life too, but I'm still wrestling. I want to share a touch of that with you. I think, um, you know, there's been times where I've just been like, okay, I really need to worship God. I really need to worship God. And I kind of get into prayer and I'm like trying to set everything up so that I can pray at home and then the baby will put the blanket over his head and he's not breathing. Like, okay, run, take the blanket off the baby's head. Try, get into prayer. Somebody comes and claws on your lap. Or, you know, so one part of it is being a mum. One part of it is, I'm going to be honest about this. This is a bit like, um. But I, in prayer, saw a vision of the church in Australia. Um, this is not you. This is not you as individuals. This is not you as a church. But I think within the body of Christ as a, as a whole in Australia, I saw this vision of a bride holding the hand of the groom but looking the other way. And I have seen that and it has grieved my – it has grieved me where I, I kind of – I miss the community and I miss – um, how can I deeply, deeply, deeply connect from God with God here? How can I do that? How can I? I want to live for Jesus. I want to love God. I want to have a life filled with the Spirit. I want to be so saturated in His presence and I'm not. And so I was wrestling and wrestling and wrestling. And maybe that's you. Maybe you can relate to that. So I've got some questions. So if you could get that slide up. 
Okay, I'm going to read these out. Can you point to wasted periods in your life? Perhaps you've been a Christian for a while, but you can identify a period in which you wasted your time. Have you ever made unwise decisions? Have you ever been a believer and yet experienced a period of sleepiness and sluggishness in your life? Have you ever had the queasy feeling that you aren't in the will of God or that you don't know God's will? I think, would any of us relate to any of them? Yeah, so just because we're Christians doesn't mean that there is always this incredible expression of intimacy and fruitfulness. And so what do we do about that? So I'm going to zoom through what the Bible has to say about that um, and then really take some time at the end to have a bit of an application where we can look at our lives and I'm going to share some of my story of how can I move from that place of where I am into being in love with Jesus every day in the here and now, in the midst of the blanket on the head, in the midst of the kid pulling on your leg, in the midst of a church as a whole that has maybe lost some of their first love. Today, here, now, we can love Jesus with our whole heart. Do you believe that? But some of it, let's, let's, let's jump into that. Can we jump into the next slide? Do you have a next one? Great. So I just want to put the context. I said this before that when I was praying for your church, I think God is really pleased with you. And this is the verse he gave me. In him you were also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Holy Spirit. So I think God is saying that he is moving in your midst and he is dwelling here. Praise God, hey? God is dwelling here. So well, well done, you guys, for, for welcoming the presence of God and, and not looking the other way, not being the bride that's maybe here coming to church. But like but bored. Okay, let's move on. I'm just going to zoom through these. Okay, so God has done his part in the relationship with us. And I think we all know that. Um, so in our relationship with God, Jesus died, came, like, came to the earth, died, rose again and said, come into my kingdom, yeah? So, so if you think about a friendship... If Steve and I want to be friends, then he has a part in that and I have a part in that. It's a mutual choosing of that. But if you look at our friendship with God, God has sacrificed and paid the price and said, here it all is, and now our part is to accept that and receive that. Yeah? Let's move on. I won't read that. Um, Actually, let me just quickly read it. Um, But because of... It's okay. Let's read this one instead. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So as we talk about first love, we need to recognise, Jesus, well done. You have loved me very well. But this is a mutual friendship. This is a relationship. And that can't, Jesus can't do the whole thing. If one person wants to be friends with somebody else and they, they don't give any space for the person to respond, it's not a friendship, yeah? And so Jesus has fully done his part and now we're going to look at what is my part in response in that relationship to God. If you could do the next one. So what is our part? So actually, as we look at what the Bible has to say in this, the Bible is very blunt and it doesn't water it down. Um, And it says that we need to repent and we need to come back to our first love. It puts the choice on us, like just do it. You need to do this. You need to do your part. So it says here to the church in Ephesus. So this is in the book of Revelation. But I have this against you. You have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen and repent and do the works you did at first. So it's just blunt, isn't it? So if, if I am 
lacking in my love for Jesus. That's on me. That's not on Jesus. That's not that Jesus hasn't done his part. So how do I do my part? Can we skip to the next one? Yeah, so we need to repent. And and in that verse it says, do the things that you did at first. So when you're fully in love with God, what are some of the things that help you drink from that well of intimacy with Jesus, of, of feeding your love for the Lord? What are some of those things? It could be worship. It could be prayer. It could be fasting. What, what else for you guys individually? What helps you grow in the intimacy with Jesus? Maybe if we could have a couple of quick hands. Yep. Yeah, rest. Yep. Worship. Yep. Yep. Like giving. Giving is incredibly powerful at actually connecting us back with the Lord because we realise that things are His. And these things are called spiritual disciplines. There's a whole bunch of them. Stillness, quietness, um, giving, tithe, um, communion, like actually taking time to have communion. They're actually commands in the Bible um, that bring us back into that place of intimacy with Jesus. And the reason they do that is because they put us back into a place of recognising our dependence on God. So, for example, if we take prayer, if I'm going to pray for something, I'm recognising I can't change that. God, you can. If I'm repenting, I'm saying I have sinned and I can't make myself right. I can't deal with that sin, with that guilt. I can't remove that from eternity. God, would you remove that? Would you forgive my sin? Yeah. So as we pray, as we do these spiritual disciplines, it's bringing us back into that place of, God, I'm dependent on you. And so I just want to encourage you like to keep going to church. And you're here, so that's awesome. Maybe you're online and that's awesome. Um, but what if you're trying hard and you're still feeling like I'm lost and I'm confused and I don't know what God's will is? And that's honestly where I've been for a year. I feel like I'm trying hard to worship. I, um, I remember during lockdown, I just so, so missed getting into the presence of God. How did you know? Thank you. I so missed getting into the presence of God. And so we found this church that was open. So okay, we drove for a few hours and I got to this church. I was like, I'm going to meet with Jesus. And this isn't a criticism of the church, but the time passed and I felt like, I didn't talk to Jesus. <laughs> and I started crying and I couldn't stop, like sobbing, like, <laughs> like publicly. And I was like, this is inappropriate, this is inappropriate, this is inappropriate. Couldn't stop crying because I know, okay, I know I need to worship God, but I couldn't, I couldn't, I can in my own life, but I couldn't find that depth that I really longed for. And I think for all of us, we don't want the normal Christian life of just coming to church, maybe giving some money, it's, it's not actually that life-giving. It's good. It's good to come to church and it's good to give money. But we would all say there is more. There is more to loving Jesus. There is more to the Christian faith than that. And so maybe that's you. Maybe you're feeling like, is there really? <laughs> that's what it feels like. There is more. There is more. Let's move to the next slide. Can we do the next one? Thanks. So this is another verse out of Ephesians. I'm kind of reading through Ephesians quite a bit. It says, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So there is grace for us as we choose to wake up. 
Yeah, so it's just in that, it's a similar sort of thing, isn't it? You awake. God isn't like subtle. God isn't like, oh, I'm sorry that you've lost your first love, Amy. I'm sorry that you haven't been worshipping. Like he, ha- he cares. He has compassion. But the onus is still, Amy, you can do this. You wake up. You find your first love. You wrestle through this to come into the place of being where you're called to be. Yeah? It's clear. The Bible is so blunt about it. Wake up, O oh sleeper. If we're in a place of sleepiness, if you're feeling in that place of sleepiness of, oh, I'm kind of just going through the motions, the onus is on you and me to say, I need to wake up. And sometimes we still, again, don't know how to do that. But that last line, and Christ will shine on you. God did this part. We do this part. And then God pours out his grace. God shines on us. As we try to say, God, I want you in my life, God's grace is there. He shines on us and says, I want to help you come to drink from the living water. I want to come and help you come into the presence of God. Do you guys agree with that? Um, So I'm still going to go a bit. We're going to hit some more meat now because I think most of this might be stuff that, you know, is a bit more basic. But let's move on. So the thing I want to talk about is actually the role of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to steal from next week. I think that's going to be amazing, hearing about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I think you can't talk about first love without talking about the work of the Spirit. Um, And so just after that passage about awake, O sleep, and rise from the dead, this is what it says. I'm actually just going to jump down. You can read that if you want. But just this last bit. It's just written in there really subtly. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Amen? So I agree with that. How do you do that? (laughs) Again, how, how, how? I feel like I'm, you know, asking all these questions. Um, I think that, um, again, this will be covered more, I'm sure, next week. But to be filled with the Spirit, there's a big element where I'm not filled with me and my agenda, and my thoughts, and my control. There is an element of surrender and um, dependence on God. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, and so to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to say there is a great degree, a, a big measure of dependence and surrender. And the thing I actually want to, let's, can we flick to the next one? And the next one. Oh, sorry, can you just flick back again? We'll do that after. Um, so the thing I really wanted to talk to you about is, is, the, is the beautiful thing that I've discovered is that I don't... It's true. I think in Australia, well, maybe one of the reasons that the church here can feel a bit bored, can feel like Jesus is another add-on, another to-do list, is because we have forgotten how to depend on God. And maybe one of the reasons for that is because... If you live for the day-to-day, there is an element where you don't feel like you need God. So as a mum, I get up and I dress my child. And I don't need the Holy Spirit's divine input on how to dress my child, you know. So I could ask God, God, what should I put her in? And maybe he might give me grace because it's going to rain and he'll say, take a rain jacket. But it's not an eternal thing what my kid wears today. It's... You know, it doesn't actually live into eternity. And I think if we're going to just live our lives for the here and now, we can really feel like we really don't need God. Because I've got a job, 
There's a good government. There's good roads. I've got a phone. If I'm running late, I can call someone. There's good education. God's like, where do you actually fit in all of this? But the truth is, if we want to live to make an eternal impact, we need Jesus. And that's where I went wrong. I lost my sense of living for eternity here and now. And in the midst of the day-to-day, it's not just, okay, God, what do I dress my child in? I don't pray about that. It's, God, how can I seek your face today? God, how can I bring your kingdom today? And for the majority of my time right now, that's with my kids. (laughs) And that's as I'm still growing in this and maybe you have so much more experience and maturity in this than I do because I'm a baby in this. I lived drenched in the presence of God as a spoilt missionary, spoilt in the sense of just saturated in his grace. Um, But maybe you've done those hard yards of actually learning. How do you... Stay true to the Lord when it's hard and nobody encourages you and there's not a sense of maybe fellowship around you and you feel alone and you feel like no one cares. And I hope that's not you. But that's tough, yeah? Yeah. We do it by looking into the eyes of Jesus afresh and seeing that this day is for eternity. Your life this day is meant for glory for God. And again, I've got another question. How? Again, how do we do that? Can we jump to the next one? Let's check my time again. Okay. Can we do the next one? Okay, this might seem like this doesn't make sense, but I actually think there's some real keys in this teaching that if we understand them with revelation of the Holy Spirit, they'll change our lives. So every society from your tribal... Um, community around Jinka in southern Ethiopia where they don't wear clothes and um, I could tell you lots of stories. Um, It just looks so different from Sydney to, I don't know, Tokyo where things are organised and schmick and um, routine and very orderly. They will all have each of these elements of society. So they're going to look different everywhere but they're all going to have them. So I won't go through them all, um, but there will be an element of family. It could be that, you know, in some Muslim countries, one man has four wives, but there will be some element of family. In Australia, there's some element of family. In media, media will look different if you don't have electronic communications, but there will still be some way of communication that will be accepted and used in the community. Religion. So in our sense, we call that church. So that is one part of our life. And I'm not saying that Jesus is one part of your life, and I'll go into that. Um, but, but these other things are actually things that God himself has ordained. So right back in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, God set this blueprint for the Israelites. That was before Jesus had come in his physical form, and that was before the Holy Spirit. But we can still learn from it. So back in the desert, God taught the Israelites about healthcare. Because he cares about it. And God taught the Israelites about government and how to elect leaders and how to have representation of the people. That was important to God. And it's written down in our Bibles. And so maybe you're here and you're thinking, my life doesn't have eternal significance. I'm a lawyer. I'm an architect. I'm a designer. But God actually does care about those things. And 
and again, that's part of my struggle. Like I was a missionary. My everyday, day-to-day job, the majority of my time was spent directly on the kingdom in terms of I didn't have to, you know, I just go and tell people about Jesus and lead a ministry and go on outreach. It was very direct. Here, my life has become a lot more indirect. But how do I bring the kingdom of God where I'm called? And how do you bring the kingdom of God where you're called? Yeah? This is, this is again, um, so sometimes what we can think is that the church should take over the other spheres in a wrong way. So if I say that everybody has to become a pastor, you all need to quit your jobs and you all need to be pastors because that's more spiritual, then what's going to happen to your kids? Or what's going to happen to the economics and the, you know, the, the other elements of life that God actually also cares about? Obviously, I think being a pastor is a fantastic job. <laughs> but God actually cares about all these things in life. And if we want the, the, the sphere of religion to dominate the other ones in a wrong way, that's called Sharia law. That's where the church is the government and the church can be the military and the church can do law and order. But God didn't actually set it up that way. And so the role of the church is to influence. The role of the church is to change these other spheres by telling people about Jesus. That as, hopefully, you know, as we see Steve's life, I'm impressed by you and I want to be more like Jesus. And I hear you talking about your love for the Lord and I'm like, I want to love Jesus more too. The authority in the sphere of religion is influence. The authority in the sphere of government is not influence. It's a lot stronger, yeah? If you speed, you get a ticket, you get a fine. And to some extent, right down the other end, we have militaries. And so there's different authorities for each of those spheres. But God wants the kingdom to come in those spheres so that all of society would show the kingdom of God. Yeah? And so as an architect, how do I do that? What does that look like? It looks like, okay, God cares about the economy. God cares about design. Actually, on my um, one of my first, you know, as a living internationally, you have to sort out your visas. And so I had to do a tourist run. And um, I was praying about where I should go. And I thought I should go to Kenya. It's really cheap. And um, God spoke to me really clearly to go to France. I was like, that's expensive. And that's Excessive. I've got a friend that lives there, and um, I obeyed God and just saw the beauty. I ended up living for free with one of these really famous um, people. Like you could walk to the Notre Dame. It was amazing. Um, and God showed me that He is in the lavishness, in beauty, in in beauty that is so profound and expensive. <laughs> God isn't a minimalist. God actually cares about creativity. God cares about order. God cares about you in your role and it's not less. But you can bring the kingdom of God. So part of that is obviously telling people about Jesus. But it's not just that. There is a sense of bring, bringing within your sphere, helping that to look like what the call of God for that sphere is. So if you look, say, at... Um, <laughs> Childcare, I don't know why I'm picking that. Childcare, what would you say the kingdom values within that? Love, honouring of kids, raising them to have dreams, raising them that they are precious and important. And there is an element of eternity in that, like praying that that institute would become a place that's soft to God, praying that that institute would become a a place that um, 
it welcomes a sense of peace. God doesn't want little kids to be scared and alone. He wants them to feel safe. And so you can, in that place, be praying and bringing a sense of God's purposes right there in that space. And that is your role in bringing the kingdom of God right where you are. And so I don't know if you already know that. Maybe you do and maybe it's just a good reminder of like, what am I called to within this job, within this time that I've been given? And how do I do that for the glory of God? Does that make sense? So for me as a mum, I kind of was just going through the motions. I love my kids and I enjoy my kids. But I can kind of do that semi-naturally. I still need God's grace for it, but it's not so much eternal. Like just dressing them, feeding them, giving them cuddles. Maybe not a lot of that is super eternal. But as I come and say, how do I bring eternity into this space? My brain shifts And so there's been some times um, where I was going for a walk with Mesfin and the kids and I wanted to go up this way. And God spoke to me clearly, go down to the lake, take Minch down to the lake. And I told Mesfin, he's like, why do you want to go to the lake? Like, you were just there yesterday. Like, God said specifically, I need to go to this place at the lake. I took Minch down and just, like, as, as we got there, the sky turned so pink that the water was like hot pink and I've never seen it before or since. Like and for Minch, like as a one and a half year old, me, mummy, 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 Jesus did that, Jesus did that, Jesus did that, and something touched her heart for eternity that her God did that, and her God loves her, and I can't put that in her heart. I can teach her and train her, but without the Holy Spirit, without dependence on God, without the work of the Holy Spirit, I cannot teach her that she's called to eternity. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, yeah? And so there are things that you are called to, things that need to change, things that need to come in line with God's principles that you can change as you look to eternity. And as you say, God, this is where you've called me. Maybe it's not where he's called you, so then maybe you need to fix that. (laughs) If it is where he's called you, And maybe it's mundane, or maybe it's not. Be there for the kingdom. Be there with a sense of eternity. And as we do that, we'll change our worlds and we will find again that joy and overflowing life that attracts people to Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more resources or to find out what's happening in the life of our church, Head to newvinelakes.com.au or find us on social media.